2: You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show.
0: The experiment was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now.
1: Stand clear. Life signs stable.
0: It's alive. Set it loose. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: That it is, and welcome to it. Happy, happy, happy day. The phone number, should you wish to participate, 1-888-900-3393, one 900 3393 You can use that. You can participate on Twitter, at MRA. You can participate on Facebook, Jeff Fisher Radio. You can participate on Instagram, at MRA. Well, Brazil's interim president declared open the first games ever in South America. I will go on record as saying I didn't watch them. I probably should have. I apologize. The opening ceremony was decidedly simple and low-tech, a reflection of Brazil's tough economic times. There was no glossing over history either, from the arrival of the Portuguese and their conquest of the indigenous populations to the use of African slave labor for 400 years. The class of cultures, as the ceremony showed, is what makes Brazil the complex mosaic that it is. I don't know that's how they'd write about, I don't know, the United States. Unlike the opening ceremonies in Beijing in 2008 and London in 2012... A financially constrained Brazil. This is from Reuters. and I'm just uh, fascinated on how they, a financially restrained, constrained Brazil, had little choice but to put on a more analog show with minimal high tech and a heavy dependence on the vast talent of Brazil and its carnival party traditions. In nearly four-hour event, nothing appeared to go awry. Hmm. Home to the Amazon, the world's largest rainforest, Brazil used the ceremony to call on the 3 billion people watching the opening of the world's premier sporting event to take care of the planet, plant seeds, and protect the land that Europeans found here five centuries ago. We'll see how well they take care of their land here in a little bit as we go on. The big star's. Uh, Supermodel Giselle Bunchkin. She performed for free. She showed up, walked across, showed up for free. Loud cheering erupted when the two of the last teams entered the stadium. The first refugee team. Yay. (sighs) This just kills me. (sighs) The first refugee team. So great. So great. (sighs) And then, of course, the Brazil contingent. So Rio 2016 Organizing Committee had said not said how much they cost, but it was believed to be about half of the $42 million spent by London in 2012. So they still spent, you know, $20 million or so when people, you know, are starving and they've got, uh, you know, rivers of poop. But hey, whatever. Uh, the leader who was supposed to preside over the games, President uh, Dilma Rousseff, uh, was suspended in May had a face impeachment trial. And tweeted, S- Sad to not be a part of the party. Sad to be not at the party. I bet you are, Dilma. $12 million price tag to organize the games. Many in the nation of $200 million And in Rio. Where few can see the benefits of the spectacle. Or even afford to attend the games. Due to Brazil's most intense security operation ever some of the 50,000 attendees faced two-hour-long lines as Brazil staged its most intense security operation ever. Can't blame them there. Then, if you didn't watch it, along with myself, before the entry of a few thousand of the 11,000 athletes that will be competing in the games, the playful rhythms of the ceremony gave way to a sober message about climate change, and rampant deforestation of the Amazon. Each athlete was asked to plant seeds that will eventually grow into trees and be planted in Rio for years. Now, those of us watching in America, I I mean those of you watching in America, uh, a little wound up uh, thanks to uh, NBC. Want to know why network television is soon to be dead? Classic network television. Soon to be dead. Why? American TV viewers used social media on Friday to vent their anger as U.S. broadcaster NBC delayed the screening of the opening ceremony for the Rio Games by an hour. And then, you know, of course, they've got to do commercials during the opening ceremony. I I don't, uh, people were a little... You know, bummed about the commercials. I'm not so I'm not so upset about the commercials as as I am with I would just delay it. Nobody'll know what's going on. And that's it. NBC, a unit of Comcast Corporation, has the US media rights, no kidding, of South America's first Olympic Games, decided not to show the ceremony live because its producers and commentators wanted time to put it into context for Americans. You're too dumb to understand what was actually happening at the Olympic ceremonies. It's a cultural ceremony that requires deep levels of understanding with numerous camera angles and and our commentary laid over it. We think it's important to give the proper context. And prime time is still when the most people are available to watch. But many viewers were upset and waiting to see the global event with audiences and news media and the rest of the world. were already sharing pictures of it on the web. Everyone knew it was going on NBC. <laughs> uh, yeah. The rest of the world watched it live. <laughs> Wouldn't want to share it with the rest of the world because we're too dumb. They wanted to be able to put it into context for Americans. It's not a sports competition. It's a cultural ceremony that requires deep levels of understanding with numerous camera angles and our commentary laid over it. We think it's important to give it the proper context, and prime time is still the most people are available to watch. Mm Mm-hmm. Some of the tweets were a great idea. NBC don't air what should be a global cultural event live. Why would anyone want to watch and enjoy it together? Wall Street Journal editor-in-chief Gerard Baker just staggeringly irritating that 20 years after the birth of the web, NBC still shows the Olympics in a time delay. Others were annoyed at the repeated ad breaks. Can NBC slip in a bit of the Olympic opening ceremonies between commercials? Now, on commercial breaks, the NBC spokesman said, hey, 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 the delay enabled us to insert ads into the broadcast without depriving viewers much of the ceremony. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's good because we don't, that way they can give us the context of the Olympic opening ceremonies because as Americans, we're too dumb. Right, NBC? Well, the good things is is that they're going to be, they gave uh, tree <laughs> seeds to be planted, you know, all over Brazil. Great. And keep the earth clean. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh huh. Okay. Expert to real athletes, don't put your head underwater. I'll be fascinated to see how NBC covers that. Covers the, uh, I don't know, filthy, contaminated. With raw human sewage, you know those waterways. Now the study, you know, published over a year ago, so I'm sure it's fixed. Uh, showed viral levels up to one point seven million times what would be considered worrisome in the states and in Europe. Huh, that's it though. Don't worry about it. We told you uh, last week about the you know the bodies floating in the bay. Uh, we also told you that, uh, you know, don't worry about it. Uh, one Brazilian doctor even warned that Olympic marathon swimmers will literally be swimming in human crap. Now, it's been claimed the organizers' efforts to treat the raw sewage and clean up household debris in the bay had fallen sh- short. Uh huh, you think? Be ultra careful, as the waters are much more contaminated than was previously thought. Huh. Danger. Is lurking in the sand. Samples from the beaches revealed high levels of viruses, which recent studies have suggested can pose a health risk, particularly to babies and small children. The most contaminated points are the lagoon, where the Olympic rowing will take place, and another marina, which is the starting point for the sailing races. (laughs) Those two places are just the most contaminated, though, so don't worry about it. Local authorities, including the Rio mayor, have acknowledged the failure of the city's water cleanup efforts, calling it a lost chance and a shame. Olympic officials continue to insist Rio's waterways will be safe for athletes and visitors. Uh Uh-huh. The local organizing committee did not respond to multiple requests for comment. Hmm. Though it was previously said bacterial testing conducted by the Rio state authorities has shown the aquatic venues to be within state guidelines. Oh. Oh. Within state guidelines. I don't know what those guidelines are. Has anybody seen those guidelines? The crux of the issue uh, lies in the different types of testing, you think? Bacterial tests measure levels of coliforms, different types of bacteria that tend not to cause illnesses themselves, but are indicators of the presence of other potentially harmful sewage-borne pathogens, such as other bacteria, viruses, or protozoans that could be cholera, dysentery, hepatitis A, typhoid, among other diseases. Bacterial tests are worldwide standard because they're cheap and easy. Oh. That's it, though. Oh. Okay. Even in the city's wealthiest areas... Sewage treatment has lagged dramatically with so-called black tongues of feeded sewage-filled water common even on the Ipanema and the Leblon beaches. The lagoons in the fast-growing region have been filled with so much sewage dumped by nearby glass and steel residential towers that vast islands of sludge emerge from the filthy waters during low tide. The lagoon system, which hugs the Olympic Park and Athlete's Village, regularly sees massive pollution-related fish die-offs and emits an eye-watering sulfuric stench. We won't be able to have the eye-watering sulfuric stench, but it will be fun to see how NBC handles it. Viewed from above, Rio's sewage problem is visible, as on spreadsheets. Rivers are tar-black. Lagoons near the Olympic Park bloom with fluorescent green algae that thrives amid sewage. Fishermen's wooden boats sink into the thick sludge of the bay. Surfers paddle amid giant brown stain that can contrast with the azure of the surrounding waters. (laughs) It's been decades, and I see no improvement. The bay has been transformed into a latrine, and unfortunately, Rio de Janeiro missed the opportunity, maybe the last big opportunity, to clean it up. Then there was a report on the Golf Channel, the Olympic Golf. They're trying to make the Olympic Golf Course just a tad bit better. Why? Well, on the Olympic Golf Course, there's monkeys, rodents, birds. Uh, that's it. Uh, the cabybaras, uh, you know, the largest uh, rodent in the world. Uh, there's three-toed sloths, monkeys, boa constrictors, a small crocodile. Doesn't usually grow beyond five feet in length, though. That's it. They frequent uh, hole two, three, five, and nine. So that'd be great. Uh, we, we got, it makes you want to watch the golf, actually. And then, of course, we have uh, the Moroccan Olympic boxer already arrested on sexual assault charges. Yay. Now, I must say uh, two things about this story. First, the arrest was made after an order on Thursday by a judge of a special Rio de Janeiro State Court created in 2013 for large events. Uh, The court will have seven outposts during the summer game, so they're going to get you right into jail quick. Okay. Now, I kind of like that. Instead of just having to drag you across town or put you away somewhere, they have the court set up. The attack took place on Wednesday, according to a police statement. The accusers are two Brazilian women who work in the Morocco's wing of the Olympic Village. They told police that the boxer initially asked to take a photograph with them and that he had then tried to kiss them using force. I will say that I have a, a, you know... It doesn't really sound like sexual assault to me. But hey, what do I know? He tried to kiss them using force. Okay, sexual assault. The judge, it's unbelievable that an athlete who should be coming to a country to participate in the Olympic spirit has total disrespect for those who welcome him, committing grave acts that would be repudiated in any part of the world. I agreed with that. Then we have the kidnapping. Yes, how much would you pay to get your mother-in-law back? Think about this for a second. How much would you pay if someone kidnapped your mother-in-law? The mother-in-law of billionaire Bernie Ecclestone heads the Formula 1 racing franchise. Now, his mother-in-law was kidnapped. The ransom was 36 million dollars. How much would you pay? Now they got her back. Now she was held for more than a week. They got her back. Apparently, they arrested the the kidnappers. And so, you know, he didn't have to, I don't think that he lost a dime. You know, maybe, maybe a few bucks for him. But would you pay $36 million for your mother-in-law? Honey, what's going on? They've kidnapped mom. They want $36 million. Here, let me talk to them. What did they say? <laughs> they said, no matter what we pay, we're not getting her back. Here we go. This
0: is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
1: In the next 19 seconds, you could sell your home.
3: 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Mark, you are on the broadcast. How are you, sir?
4: All righty there. How you doing, Jeff Meister?
3: Good. What's up?
4: Oh, uh, yeah. You said you didn't watch the opening ceremony. I did watched. not. I was,
3: I was very disappointed. I, I missed uh, missed uh, the Brazil global warming climate change openings. I'm sorry.
4: Oh, man. I'll tell you what. You missed it. They, were, they all came in with these little bronze medals uh are honorary member uh medals are oh for the teen members that could march in walking up straight without having to bend over and grab their guts because they ate or drank something <laughs> uh and also there's the honorary medal for oh, the man. outhouse dash
3: you worked all night on those
4: no, no, no! It just whooped right into my brain this morning, and <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I took my ADD pills. I am doing so, good.
3: So, did you actually watch them?
4: Uh, a little bit of it, and then I said, Oh, come on," and I switched channel. <laughs> why? Why? Uh, d- just turned on Netflix and watched something else. It know. was just uh, just too much to handle. All right, thanks, yeah. Mark. I appreciate
3: it. You know, the Olympics used to be something that I never. I don't know that I ever not know that I ever thought, you know, wow, I want to – you know, I didn't have the drive to say, hey, I'm going to work really hard so I can become an Olympian. Although I do know a couple people that did have that drive, uh, you know, that were trying to get to the Olympics and ended up going to the, the trials. And, uh, you know, they were tremendous athletes in their own right, and they didn't even make it to the Olympics. Um So, I mean, it's kind of cool. And it used to be something that you'd kind of think was, how cool is that? And there's something. I hope NBC has some decent backstories on some of these people. And I'm sure that, I'm sure we'll get the backstories on all the refugee team. Oh, my gosh. I can't, I I can't, I can't, I can't deal with the refugee team. And NBC is going to be all over that. You know they are. You know they are. And this refugee...
0: the jeff fisher show the blaze radio network
2: Jeff
3: Fisher show well, that it is that it is how in the world are you let's talk a little social media shall we now you can follow me on uh, Twitter uh, at Jeffy you can uh, follow me on Facebook uh, Jeff Fisher radio you can follow me on Instagram at JeffyMRA. okay Let's do. Let's run down the list of some social media. Did you know that Facebook is now challenging Twitter with new Olympic features? Uh, they announced Monday the features. You'll be able to, uh, you know, an effort to play the bigger event of the global events, okay, which is really cool. Uh, and it, it's kind of nice of them to jump in. And, of course, everyone is, uh, you know, part of the Olympics. Everybody wants to be a little bit a part of the Olympics, and you got to kind of follow it because it is a global event, right? Okay, well, did you know that Twitter – Now, Inc. deals with NFL, NHL, MLB uh, to stream live events. I mean, that is really cool. Now, let's go back to a couple of things, all right? Uh, Twitter is going to stream these events, which is really cool. They're also going to have a show, okay? Okay. they're going to do in-game highlights as well as uh, Periscope broadcast from players and teams. And they're going to have their own show, which they're going to stream, okay? Which is amazing. It's going to call be called uh, The Rally. Uh, at least that's what they're calling it now. And it, uh, it's going to be like a, a highlight show. Amazing. Okay, so you have Facebook and Twitter is doing going to live stream games, have their own shows. All right, then we have. Don't forget about the NBC uh, comment about delaying the broadcast of the Olympic openings because they wanted to have its producers and comment commenters uh, be able to put it into context for America. It's not a sports competition. It's a it's it's a it's a cultural ceremony that requires deep levels of understanding. With numerous camera angles and our commentary laid over it, we think it's important to give it the proper context. Facebook, Twitter, live streaming, Facebook Live, everything is in your face live. Well, we want to delay the opening of the ceremonies because, well, look, you're too stupid to really grasp everything that there is about the South America's first Olympic Games, and we wanted to be able to put it into context for you. Uh Uh-huh. Thanks, NBC. Basic network television they're, they're, they're killing themselves. They're killing themselves. And the social media sites are beating them to the punch. Now, we have this story that and while uh, while we have these sites picking up, we have the uh, FTC, of course, a governmental agency, Uh, Wants to crack down on paid celebrity posts that aren't clear, that aren't clear ads. Now, it's actually kind of agonizing. I mean, it's been going on for quite some time. Uh, When you look at the Instagram posts, Twitter feeds, Facebook posts of celebrities, um, what they're wearing, what purse they have, what shoes they're wearing, what glasses, what drinks... Most of that is product placement. Now, according to this story, the Federal Trade Commission is planning to get tougher. Uh, Users need to be clear when they're getting paid to promote something. And hashtags like ad, SP, or sponsored are not always enough. Well, what is enough? What is enough, FTC? I mean... They are – later in the story, they're calling you stupid. You're too stupid to know. Okay? It just is absolutely unbelievable because posts that have ad or sponsored, hashtag sponsored in them, but if there's several hashtags around that, uh, people are too dumb and they might miss it. Oh, well, sorry. Sorry. Hashtags like SP and SPON may not be fully understood, especially if they're buried at the bottom of a post. And any disclosure would be better at the beginning. When it comes to video, the FTC calls for disclosure to be said out loud or displayed on screen. It can even get more complicated on Snapchat, where there's not an obvious place to put a hashtag, and the videos are only a few seconds. Um, It's absolutely agonizing. And just look, the government is trying to get their hands, find a way to worm their way in. And what, what's agonizing a little bit about the FTC is they really haven't said, here are the rules. Even if you say, wow, they've got these rules. That's stupid. Let's get these rules changed. They're saying, uh, we, we're not really, you know, eh. You know what? It sometimes isn't enough. Sometimes it is. What? What? And then you have, uh, you know, you see, I don't know. NFL, I guess, you know, they think, well, if you watch an NBA game or an NFL game and players are wearing jerseys by Nike and shoes by Nike and shoes by Reebok, that it's, it's common knowledge that those are paid deals. Is it? They don't say it. They don't say it at all. Now. This is going to mean more cases like the one against Warner Brothers, which last month settled with the FTC over charges it deceived customers by paying internet influencers such as PewDiePie. This guy, man, fifty million followers on YouTube, unbelievable. Um, And they they paid him uh, to promote the video game Middle Earth: Shadow of Mordor with positive reviews without disclosing that they were paid and and told how to promote it. Lord and Taylor. Issued a, FTC issued a complaint against them for paying fashion influencers to create posts about one of its dresses on Instagram without disclosure that the retailer paid them and gave them dresses for free. Any compensation, including free products, should be disclosed. So get ready for the battle. The government wants their cut. And they're ready to take it. And they are ready to take it. Then, there's this, that may make you think, you know, the Internet's not that great of a place to be. The most important tools for America's 35,000 private investigators are database subscription services. For more than a decade, professional snoops have been able to search troves of public and non-public records, Known addresses, DMV records, photographs of a person's car, condense them into comprehensive reports costing as little as $10. Now, all that information with the kinds of things marketers know about you, politicians you donate to, what you spend on groceries, and whether it's weird that you ate in last night to create a portrait of your life and predict your behavior. IDI, a year-old company in the so-called data fusion business. Data Fusion business is the first to centralize and weaponize all of that information for its customers. Combines public records with purchasing demographic and behavioral data. Look, says CEO Derek Dubner, the system isn't waiting for requests from clients. It's already built the profile on every American adult, including young people who wouldn't be swept up in conventional databases which only index transactions. We have data on that twenty-one year old who's living at home with mom and dad. IDA also runs, IDI also runs two coupon websites, allamericansavings.com and sampleandsavings.com, that collect purchasing and behavioral data. Steve Rambam, a PI who host, Nowhere to Hide, on the Investigation Discovery Channel, and who doesn't watch the Investigation Discovery Channel show, Nowhere to Hide, Steve Rambam, uh, says marketing data remains a niche monitoring tool compared with social media, but its power can be unparalleled, you think? Users and industry analysts say the addition of purchasing and behavioral data to conventional data fusion outmatches rival systems in terms of capabilities. Now that's one of the things that companies do. Uh, right, you do business with them, and then they sell your information to whomever to IDI, and IDI puts it into their database along with all the other things that uh, you know that you have. Your DMV records, your houses that you purchase, the cars that you purchased, which banks you bank at. And put it all together in a nice, neat little package just for you. is that special? is that special? It almost makes you, you're either at the point now where you just go, eh, whatever. I don't care. I know they know everything about me. I don't care. I just want to be, I just want to work. I just want to go home to my family. And I just want to be with my, you know, be in my house, and then I'll go to work again, and then I'll be reimbursed. And I don't need any cash because the money goes right into the account. And I'll just use my cards. And boy, you know, wouldn't it be cool if we could just have a chip in us and just wouldn't even have to carry around cards or anything. We just – everything would be right there, that information, because IDI has all the information. So why can't I just put a chip in and have IDI linked to my chip? Whenever it needs updating, they'll let me know, and I'll just – take my chip, and I'll slide it into a, a reboot system on my laptop. That'd be great. I don't have to carry anything except the chip inside of me. They already know everything about you and your family and your children and everyone that lived before you and everything that they that's going to come after you. They know what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat. Pretty much can predict when you're going to die. So what's the point? Who cares? Who cares and what's the use? Or you're at the point of... <laughs> Man, do I need to unplug and try to put an end to this.
2: This is
3: the Jeff Fisher Show
2: on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Jeff Fisher Show. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Coming up uh, after this broadcast is uh, Chris Salcedo and then uh, Mike Slater and Joe Paggs, all for your Saturday lineup uh, on the Blaze Radio Network. Uh, before this broadcast was Michael Pelka. I'm not sure what he gave away today. I'm sure it was fascinating. I, we've been busy here in uh, Dallas in the Las Colinas studios with the Mercury One. Whew. The museum that's here in uh, in the studios now, and it is absolutely fascinating, the items that we have here. And uh, I w- when I, c- I came in this morning, and no one's here. The security was hiding because I felt like, you know, I could probably just haul some of this stuff out of here, and nobody would be the wiser. Uh, Jeff, there's cameras and uh, security. I know, but I, I just put it in a bag and carry it out. Nobody would know. <laughs> They've got some things out here that are unbelievable. If you have an opportunity to get here today or tomorrow in Las Colinas to see the museum, uh, the Mercury Museum, it is amazing. We were here you know, yesterday. Galan and David Barton were giving uh, tours, uh, private tours. And then we have uh, – uh, there's general admission tours today and all day tomorrow. And then today we have uh, – uh some big VIP thing going on this afternoon and and dinner and everything. If you want to be part of that, I'm sure you know, you know you want to write a check, come on. It all goes to Mercury One, so you're good to go. No problem. Just come on in, write a check, we'll let you in. Um I would appreciate if you wrote that check and there was actually the amount of money on the that you write down on the check in the checking account. I don't think that any of you would, you know, try to, you know, fool us. <laughs> uh, not that I've ever, you know, put the wrong amount by accident, of course, on a check and say, uh, "Here you go," you know. Hey, you know, sorry, didn't mean to do that. <laughs> uh, Jeff, you really didn't have a hundred thousand dollars in your account. It was only it was only ten bucks. I know. I just added an extra zero or five, and uh, that's it. That's all I did. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to do that. Okay, yay, Olympics. Olympics started, yay. And uh, some are calling it the Zika Olympics, the 2016 Brazil Zika Olympics. Well, the FDA, going to try to help that out a little bit, but they just uh, said it was okay for them to release mutant Zika killing mosquitoes in Florida. Yay. Yay, what could possibly go wrong? What could possibly go wrong? That's right. A biotech company that focuses on insect control calls for the release of thousands of genetically engineered male mosquitoes. The insects bred so that over time they would kill off much of the local mosquito population. I would underline uh, more of much. Uh, I would understand, uh, let's see what happens after quite a while. After they kill the Zikas, what other disease do these mutant mosquitoes come up with? Oh, nothing. Don't worry about it. Stop. Stop thinking like that, Jeff. My gosh, they're going to be killing Zika mosquitoes with these mutant mosquitoes. This is the Jeff Fisher Show. Only on the Blaze
0: Radio Network. Was a success. Begin Life Force Reboot Program now.
1: Stand clear. Life signs stable.
0: It's alive. Set it loose. This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Welcome to it. On the Blaze Radio Network, 888-900-3393 is the phone number. I was just looking. Of course, I screwed up the picture because I was in a hurry. Gosh, darn it. I was out there looking at the, the Mercury Museum here at the studios. And normally, you know, no one's here. It's when I'm doing the show, and, it's, and it's, they are busy little beavers out there. It's all lit up, running around like crazy. I went out there hoping, you know, maybe somebody brought some donuts or something. But no, uh, to no avail. And um, so... Uh, I took a picture of this lady, but you can't see it. She's a volunteer because I want her job. She's sitting in a chair just around the bend with an <laughs> – holding an arrow sign. that says restroom on it. It's a it's – a fantastic. I want her job. I want her job. I mean, God bless her. She's here. She's helping. Great. Uh, but pretty funny to me anyway welcome to the broadcast they are going crazy out there at mercury museum we may have a i might have to talk to somebody about it but you've already heard all about it right i mean there's all kind you've got the mayflower hat and you've got the deed uh to washington's place mount vernon right i mean you've got the you know the thing, the thing, the one thing from the other thing, and the the other cool suit from the other place, and the really old thing from the thing. It's you know you've, you've seen it all, right? No, well come here then, because you're going to want to be a part of seeing the thing from the other thing that's so old because of the other thing, right? Right. You know you are. You know you are. All right. Welcome to it. The Jeff Fisher Show. I'm sorry. I got carried away. The lady with the bathroom and restroom sign just threw me completely off. I was just out there looking. It's right across from my studios. and just, it's thrown me completely off. I mean, it's unbelievable how it's thrown. The one thing, the lady, the nice lady sitting in the chair with the restroom sign. I hope maybe she gets a break once in a while. I mean you can't be expected to sit in a chair holding a restroom sign with the arrow pointed at the restrooms all day. And if it were me, I would have the arrow pointing in all different directions. And, you know, just for fun. But she won't do that because she's a nice lady and wants to help people. Right? Right. Unless I say unless I go up later and say, I I got it for you. Go ahead and take a break. <laughs> LiarsAreLiberty.com. Just go there, and check out the stuff. There's some pictures of it there. My wife has been here for the last two weeks, taking pictures of everything, going running around, around crazy. She was here all day yesterday, taking pictures. Going to be here all day today. My kids are fascinated with so, seeing so much stuff. They helped carry the stuff in, and they're looking at all this stuff. And you know, there's Hitler's hat, and and there's my fa My you know, my personal favorite, of course, is the cultural thing. You know, the Marlon Brando Godfather hat. I want that bad boy. I want that for me. Yeah. I almost took that bad boy this morning. What happened to the Brando hat? Don't know. Don't know. Don't go out into my car, though. And, boy, speaking of my car, too, oh, my gosh. All right, so my air conditioner's broke. Now, some would say, Jeff, hey, get it fixed. But it's too much money. I I would... Refuse to pay the money they want to charge me to fix my air conditioner. The reason that I'm driving this car, I talked, I probably talk, I did talk about this last week too, right? My bug? Yeah, maybe I call my VW bug. Because it's not really a VW bug, okay? It's just that I call it that. But I haven't gotten it fixed. I haven't gotten a new car, and I'm telling you, it gets a little hot in that car. Just a tad bit hot. And you want to know how. Rare it is not to have air conditioning. I've really noticed driving uh, on the interstate going, you know, not so much to work in the morning because other people have their windows open. You know, it's morning time; it's four thirty, five o'clock in the morning, and you know, it's still, it's still only just under a hundred. And uh, but in the afternoons, uh, driving home, and you have the windows open, <laughs> you're the only one. You're the only guy on the interstate with the windows open. Everybody else has got the AC blasting. You got the windows open, sweating. I refuse not paying the money they want to charge me to fix this air conditioning. I don't care. Refuse. I'm going to be mad about not having air conditioning, but I refuse to get it fixed, okay? It's just too much money. The whole point of having this car. I'm talking myself into this now. The whole point of me having this car was that it was paid off. Right? It was paid off. I figured, look, I'm going to spend maybe, maybe a couple thousand a year. Maybe. Maybe tops on maintenance. Usually, maybe a thousand on maintenance a year, right? You know, tires, battery, oil changes, uh, you know, little things here and there, filter changes, stuff like that. So even if it's 2000 a year, that's still less than a car payment, okay? So I'm good, and it's paid off, insurance, I don't have the insurances, you know, I don't have to have full coverage, although I think I do. But anyway, uh, you, don't, you don't have, no, I don't, not on this car. So, so you're, you know, it's saving me money. So I've already... Reached my threshold this year, so the car is starting to nickel and dime me. Right? I mean, every little, every time you turn around, it's like, oh, that'll be another five hundred and fifty-two dollars and thirty-two cents. I can give you the coupon though. We'll get you out of here at five hundred and one. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah, well, no problem, Jeff. You're good customer. No problem, Jeff. You're a good customer. We'll take care of you. Oh, okay. All right, no problem. Uh, I just brought it in here uh, last week. Uh, you guys uh, fixed this. Uh, what's up with this? Oh, this is something completely different. Uh, we need to fix this for you. Yeah. Oh, no, we'll get you out here here. Plus, it's been a while since you had an oil change. Why don't we, get, we knock out that oil change, and we'll get you out of here for you know, $532.99. And listen, there was a new coupon he emailed you for $30. So we will get you out of here at 501. Really, because I thought I was just coming in for a little checkup. Yeah, I know, but you need this done. You've got to knock this out. Uh, your tires, we rotated your tires. The one looks good. Let's pop up with a couple new tires. Uh we'll put those in the back. We'll put the bad ones up front and uh we'll see. We'll put the ones from the back up front because they don't have uh don't have much wear. They look good, everything's good. And uh, we'll get you out of here uh let's see. Total uh yeah, we got the total here five seventy two thirteen. And uh look, hey, you've been here for quite a bit this year. We'll get you out of here at five oh one. I mean every time I can't go into this place without spending five hundred bucks. So it's time. But now, I, you know, I got to find time to go out and find a car, look around, find the car you want, go through all the hassle and get in the stupid car, which I hate. So there's advertisements all over the Metroplex for this. There's different companies that want my business. All I do is call them up or I register online. And one company, uh, they're not even a sponsor, D&M Leasing or something like that some i mean all they advertise they'll deliver the car to me they'll deliver the car to me right down the advertisement is right down to the color of my floor mats now i love the sound of that get your car get your price go through thing online boom, deliver the car but I'm going to have to check it out because it's leasing, and I still have that thing in my head about leasing where i got some kind of restraints. Now, I might be able to follow those restraints. I just don't like having them. If I want to get in my car and drive 18,000 miles, I should be able to get in my car and drive 18,000 miles. I don't want to think, oh, the lease is only going to let me drive 15,000 miles this year. I have to be careful. I can't take it on this trip. No, I don't want to be restrained by that. So it's either go out and look for a stupid car and spend the day looking at a car, figuring it out, what you want to see, and having to deal with the salespeople, and we'll, we can work it out for you. We'll get this taken care of for It's just, I'll just be hot for a few days. And of course, of course, why would the air conditioner go out in the wintertime? I mean, that would be stupid. The air conditioner will go out when you need it most. When every day is at least a hundred and feels like a thousand, every day in the Metroplex. In fact, let's see what it's been because I think we had a couple days that weren't actually uh, weren't actually a hundred. Let's take a look at Dallas right now, shall we? In Dallas, Texas, right now, it's eighty-eight degrees. Let's see: Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Ahead on our little weather thing on my little weather app. Sunday 102, Monday 101, Tuesday 102, Wednesday 101, Thursday 102, Friday 103. That's the week ahead of us here in Dallas. Yay! <laughs> Yay! Can't wait. Can't wait. Let's take a look at This is uh, Irving. Oh, this is Oh, oh, good. Irving is even a little warmer than Dallas. Irving, 102, 101, 102, 102, 103, 104. Yay! Because technically I don't have to go right into Dallas. So Dallas is a little cooler. Maybe I should. Great. So don't feel sorry for me. I don't want you to feel sorry for me. I just want you to know that it gets really hot in your automobile when there's no air conditioning and it's the middle of the afternoon and you're driving on the 20-lane highway. With cars going eighteen billion miles an hour around you, <sighs> I done complaining yet? I don't know. I don't know if I'm not. I don't know if I'm done. And then the, and then I've got my, oh, you know, I've got my kids. Don't, I got take my kids. We got running around. I got to take my kids. We have to. Take, no, I don't want to go in daddy's car. It's too hot. <laughs> Tough. In the back seat, suck it up. That's what I had to do as a kid. And don't be complaining either. Be happy you've got a damn car to ride in. Dad, it's really hot back here and I went to put the seatbelt on and the metal of the seatbelt was just scorching hot. I burned my fingers. Tough. Um, the sun was really blasting through these windows, Dad. Do you think maybe you could even just try? See if the air conditioner will work. I mean, just try. We could just try it. No, it's not going to work. It's just going to blow hot air. Tough. Sit back there and shut up. Okay, we're, we're just going to ride with mom, okay? we're going to ride
2: with mom. You're listening to The Jeff Fisher Show. The Blaze Radio Network. The Jeff Fisher Show is
3: on. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. It is the phone number. My microphone, for some reason, keeps dropping. So we're going to have to try to fix it here for you. That's got to be, it must be the heat. There's no air conditioning. Actually, there is air conditioning. Let's turn it around like this. Turn the pole. See what happens. See what tightens up. There we go. Okay. Is it, is it Good. I think we did it. Okay, good. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. You can follow me on Twitter, at JeffyMRA, or Jeff Fisher Radio on Facebook, and at JeffyMRA on Instagram. The FDA, good news. Good news for you and the surrounding public. Copycat versions of biotech drugs work just as well as the originals and cost a lot less. So, heck, let's make them. Right? Right? Right. The FDA approved knockoffs of biotech drugs. These biotech drugs are called biosimilars. The analysis at Johns Hopkins Bloomberg School of Public Health finds that so-called biosimilars, why they're meant to mimic and compete with complex and expensive biotech drugs and and perform as well as the brand-named versions. The researchers looked at data from nineteen. 19- Teen studies of biosimilar drugs that treat rheumatoid arthritis, inflammatory bowel disease, hate that, and psoriasis, and found that they were comparable to the originals that would cost less. Now, the findings are going to appear in this latest edition of the Annals of Internal Medicine, and I must have been busy. I haven't gone to the mailbox and seen if my copy of Annals of Internal Medicine has arrived yet. Hopefully, this will encourage the brisk adoption of these products, said Caleb Alexander, the study's lead researcher. There is no question that greater competition in this market will benefit patients, prescribers, and society in the long run. Biosimilars. Look forward to it. Look forward to it. Can't wait. There's nothing that could possibly go wrong. With biosimilars, they are just about the same. So don't you worry about it. Not one little bit. Neural dust. Heard of it? No? Well, you will. It lets you implant a wireless computer directly into your brain and body. Now, it sounds like something from a sci-fi film, but experts have created a neural dust that could be implanted into your body placed in the brain. It can monitor, monitor internal nerves, muscles, or organs in real time. The so-called neural dust, which the team implanted in the muscles and peripheral nerves of rats, is unique in that the ultrasound is used both to power and read out the measurements. The original goal of the Neural Dust Project was to imagine the next generation of brain-machine interfaces and to make it a viable clinical technology. Well, that's good. If a paraplegic wants to control a computer or robotic arm, you would just implant this electrode in the brain and it would last essentially a lifetime. The technology also opens the door to electrocuticles to treat disorders such as epilepsy or to stimulate the immune system or tamp down on inflammation. Ultrasound technology is already well-developed for hospital use and ultrasound vibrations can penetrate nearly anywhere in the body, unlike radio waves. Today's implantable electrodes degrade within one to two years and all connect to wires that pass through holes in the skull. Yay. So we, I've, i put my chip in, I put my chip in, uh, you know, in my wrist, um, so that all my information is there. So I don't have to carry anything. Uh, I can take my neural dust in my brain and inside my body so that I can get readings, um, on how you know what's going on in my body and what needs to be done, and then I can have a little computer right a little computer in my brain all ready to go that I can see either in my glasses or in my you know in my uh uh in my eye, so that I can just read the screen in my eye It'd be great It'd be great oh I would love that. Wouldn't you? And then we have this, which is going to be helpful as well. If you have the neural dust, it's going to warn you anyway. But this is like a precursor to the neural dust, I think. The researchers from the University of California, San Diego have invented a temporary tattoo that can detect the level of alcohol in a wearer's system and send it directly to their phone, phone or smartwatch. It's a tattoo style patch. Uh, It uses commercial tattoo paper fitted with silver electrodes that creates a five-minute-long current which triggers a gel strip that releases a drug to induce sweat. Once the sweat comes into contact with the electrodes, it's able to gauge the level of alcohol in the wearer's system and sends the results to their phones and watches. Uh, They're just going to put this on you in a bar. It's not going to be your watch the information is going to. You want to come into this bar? No problem. Put the patch on. With the patch on this patch, uh, you are patch 11. And patch 11 will be sent to the bar computer, and you can just drink your little heart out until the bar computer says, boop, boop, boop. 11 has had too much to drink. 11 has had too much to drink. And then you'll be done. And then you'll be done. And you'll be good to go, and you'll be no more drunk driving. Everybody will be happy. Have your little tattoo patch on. Although, I think there will be probably still drunk driving because people will be drinking at home scared. No, no, that won't happen because everybody will have their tattoo patch on. So, good, good. We've got that problem solved.
2: This is The Jeff Fisher Show.
3: Only on the Blaze
0: Radio Network.
2: The Jeff
3: Fisher Show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Good news coming from the U.S. military. Yes, it's exciting. The U.S. will launch the world's largest battleship robot. You realize that? I mean, that's freaking amazing. It's a robotic battleship that will be able to run without a human on board. 132-foot submarine as the Sea Hunter successfully completed its first performance test this past week off the coast of San Diego, keeping it on course to enter the Navy fleet in a couple of years, 2018. I bet should be faster than that. The company developing the sea hunter, the vessel surpassed all performance objectives for speed, maneuverability, stability, seakeeping, acceleration, deceleration and fuel consumption. The first few tests, a pilot has to remain on the ship, but in upcoming trials, the craft will cruise without any human assistance. Wow. They're still going to have uh, the battle fleet will come at a fraction of the price compared to uh, the fully manned Navy ship. Yeah, no kidding. The agencies debuted the first prototype last April. Wow. The Klingon bird of prey is what the Deputy Defense Secretary, oh my gosh. So they're going to be out there, baby. Drone ships. Drone ships. It's going to be absolutely amazing. And you know what's good about that? The U.S. Navy with their drone ships. As soon they're going to have just regular drones. Homeland Security drones flying around. Homeland Security's already been to Silicon Valley uh, for specially designed drones. Uh, they met... Uh, they met again last week for entrepreneurs for they need, hey, we need lightweight drones that are easy to fly, can cover vast stretches of desert. They also need to be able to provide images good enough to scan faces against database for prior criminal history. So they need to be really cool and work really good, and they need to do everything we needed to do and make it happen uh, make it happen out there in Silicon Valley, and then we'll buy it for you for a bunch of money. Uh, Homeland Security drones. So we're gonna have those flying around all over. That's great. Is that a is that a homeland security drone? Or is that just the drone up in New Hampshire? Because police are still so investigating several reports of suspicious drone activity. Two residents reported a drone lingering outside a window late at night. <laughs> I don't, who didn't see that coming. Uh I mean, why not? You know, the peeping drone. Come on now, come on. Who didn't see that coming? What your what Silicon Valley needs to work on, and they're probably going to work it on for the government instead of you, is some sort of uh, uh, some sort of silencer device. So when it hovers, you can't hear it. So you just have that quiet hovering peeping drone. You know, that's what the government probably already has it. What am I thinking about? Stupid, Silicon Valley, This is they've already got it. They're they're now they're advertising. Hey, we've gone to Silicon Valley. It's already out there. We've been using it for a year now. Our silencer drones. It's The peeping tom drones. You buy those in the dark web. The peeping tom drones. Not that I would ever. I would ever buy those. No way. Uh, uh-uh. uh, uh-uh. not even close. Plus, you can't fly them. I mean, right now, unless you're the government, you can't really. Well, I mean, you got to be pretty close. So. So. You can't really be far enough away to stay out of trouble, Chuck. In Florida, on. Um- The Blaze Radio Network and the Jeff Fisher Show. Hello, Mr. Chuck in Florida. How are you, sir? Greetings, Jeffy. I'm great. How are you, sir? Fantastic. In this, uh, you know, 100-plus degree weather here in Irving, Texas.
5: It's just fabulous. We have similar weather in Florida. That's what's causing all the outbreaks of mosquito uh, uh, Zika virus down here.
3: Yeah, we just talked a little bit about the the Zika drones that they're putting out. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The, The Zikas that will kill, you know, the... To Newton, kill the bad. Is, yeah. yeah. So what else is happening? I saw I did see a couple of very interesting stories come out of your neck of the woods, by the way, in Tampa uh, just the other day that uh, made me think, uh, you know, it might be time for you to leave that neck of the woods.
5: I, You know, it's getting scary every time you walk around uh, downtown here. There's some new weirdo that's uh, got some something he's peddling down there, whether it's another uh, uh, face eating, uh, flesh eating zombie virus or what. But. Uh, yeah, the, the one that uh, really struck me this week was the Flamingo at Bush Gardens. I guess uh, Pinky, not the most original name for <clears throat> a Flamingo, but uh, was a longtime resident uh, that they had uh, in, in not exactly in the, the, the greatest of captivity areas. It's just kind of an open area with yeah. you know a few little birds around the fenced area there where people can get up close to them. And yeah, yeah. apparently some real jerk uh, grabbed a hold of it and slammed it to the ground. Uh, causing severe injuries and oh, flamingos could be mean. Flamingos uh, could be mean. They can be. I've seen mean flamingos. Geese are, are far worse. However, uh you know flamingos are, are are generally they keep to themselves. This one had been around people a lot, though. They they took it out as what they call one of their animal ambassadors, and they took it to you know kids' homes and nursing homes and stuff. And uh, yeah, it, was the, it, it, it was
3: the it was the dancing one, right? Exactly. It, yes. Was,
5: Flamingo. I mean, you know, these are come by the 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 Chilean flamingo exhibit down there is really cool though. They've got a couple of hundred of them just milling around, uh, nearly out in the open. So So, you know, they they tend to be pretty docile. They're around people all the time. So uh, this 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 guy,
3: did he? I mean, is it dead? Did he
5: kill it? Uh, he injured it badly enough that they had to euthanize it, unfortunately. I, I, I'm, oh, I'm really some of the people down there, and I got the news alert in my email, and I was like, this, this gumbag. This is really beyond the pale. He's a 45-year-old uh, resident of Orlando who had a criminal record and looked a little bit uh, mentally unstable from some of the comments, like, oh, wow, I've never been to a Tampa jail before, you know. <laughs> yeah, well, guess what? <laughs> So yeah, this real winner apparently spent the night there, and they uh, had an arraignment the next morning. And the judge says, "Yeah, you know what? Five thousand dollars bail, and uh, if you can't come up with it, too bad. You're staying anyway." So he's still in jail, apparently. Good, good, good. Yeah. good. He's a he's a complete cretin. Um, I understand there's some other uh, a story about uh, illicit uh, marijuana in the in the Bay Area. Did I miss something?
3: Really? Yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, I, I had I had th- thought you were going to be all over it because now they're going to be able to sell it, right, at a pot dispensary coming to Tampa.
5: I hadn't heard that we're getting a pot dispensary. I know they decriminalized it in Florida now for medical use, and they had been selling it uh, in Jacksonville. The first one opened up around there. Uh, they made their first uh, delivery or whatever, um, per- first part of this week. But uh, no, I didn't hear Tampa was getting one. Now that that'll bring uh, some real uh, interesting uh, people to the neighborhood.
3: Yeah, I mean that's exciting news for uh, you and uh, your your family. Uh, you'll right. be able to uh, you know you'll be able to go out and have uh, have a good time. And uh, it is opening in. I just looked it up here because I saw it the other day. Atlanta-based company uh, Fowler Avenue. Fowler Avenue.
5: Oh, my
3: oh, okay. father. Fowler. So that's that's not far from you.
5: Well, it's closer to Bush Gardens than it is to me, but yeah, no, maybe three or four miles. You know, I think they're going for the tourist impact. To be honest, here, Jeffy, uh, you know what? <laughs> the the thing about criminal marijuana in Florida is uh, now that they've they've uh, produced this strain of really low uh, THC that has a lower impact, they're 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 not allowed yet to really prescribe it, but they are taking doctors. What do they call it? Um, a recommendation letter for, uh, you know, pain alleviation or seizures or various treatments, right. but only use that it can be gotten for, <clears throat> so they say.
3: Are you saying so, that that's it, that's not true?
5: Well, I wouldn't presume anything. I mean, you know, I wouldn't know where to uh, uh, per- prescribe or get a prescription or find a doctor willing to. In fact, <laughs> honestly, the the dispensary had a real problem in North Florida. Uh, it's still a federal crime, so doctors are not all that willing to prescribe it, and they won't put their signature down as a recommendation uh, for legal pot use in Florida. Wow. And yeah, and again, that, it's
3: but the feds aren't cracking down on that.
5: No, no. I mean, as far as I know, they haven't really been doing much of anything. Uh, the the business in Colorado is booming. Uh, So's the munchie business, but you know, it's I, I don't know that it's related.
3: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there has not been a study on that yet
5: yeah right <laughs> the the twinkie factory reopened up just in time you know
3: <laughs> no kidding all right chuck chuck uh we'll Thank check you, it Johnny. out ChuckinFlorida.com. have a good week this also ties into um uh you know with the chuck talking about uh uh them the doctors uh hesitating to write prescriptions because it still is illegal but um In New York, once again, you talk about the feds aren't cracking down. uh, Police departments aren't cracking down. Uh, In New York, they're already worried that uh, uh, in Washington Park, um, they're already smoking crack and shooting heroin out in the open. Um, People are actually getting concerned in New York because Washington Square is now wide open. They're not trying to hide it. They're not going someplace else to shoot up and come back to the park. Uh, They're just sitting in the park, uh, and shooting up and smoking their crack and dealing their drugs. And the police are like, that's eh, somebody else's problem. Uh, you know, the police are there and, and the, the police, uh, told one guy, uh, we have a, the, uh, calm down, told the one guy, calm down and noted that uh, we have a department that's taking care of that. And that's not us. So, Hey, good luck good luck and what's even better even better news is that as the parks department realizes that these areas are just riddled with addicts and dope eh, you know what we're not going to clean that area it's too dangerous so we're just going to leave it trashed and filthy and dirty have fun take your kids to the park i love new york hey Communist, isn't a communist mayor de Blasio? Oh, that's right. That's right. De Blasio is the charge of that city, the communist. Huh. And it's falling apart. Huh. Boy, that's a surprise to me. Boy.
2: This is The Jeff Fisher Show on The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff
3: Fisher Show is on. That it is. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Uh, coming up immediately following this broadcast, Chris Salcedo, and then Mike Slater, and then Joe Paggs, all on the Blaze Radio Network. Tomorrow, little David Barton. I don't know if you uh, if you have an opportunity. David's here at the Mercury Museum all weekend. He's been uh, giving a, he had a couple tour, big tours yesterday, some VIP tours, and uh, he'll be here uh, showing some people around today. Um, man is just a wealth of knowledge. My my son, um, my fourteen year old son Maximus, he uh, could if I let him would follow David Barton around like a little dog. <laughs> just talk to me, tell me stuff. He loves him. So if you have an opportunity to uh, let David uh, show you around a little bit at the Mercury Museum, don't say no to that. Uh, liarsandliberty.com. And then Bill Handel, Jackie D little gun talk, Hollywood 360, all rounding out the weekend on the Blaze Radio Network. And then weekdays, Doc Thompson, Glenn Beck, Buck Sexton, Jay Severin, Patton Stew. <laughs> My gosh, just saying it makes me think, why would you go anywhere else? I mean, it makes absolutely no sense. That you would go anywhere else. You can follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook uh, Jeff Fisher Radio. Yay! Yay! Scientists in Belgium transforming urine into beer. Man, does that make me want to drink some beer? Man, does that make me want to drink some beer? I tell you what, I know. Uh, you know, last week we talked a little bit about uh, milking the cockroaches. Uh, yeah, boy, you know, milk from cockroaches is, is exciting news. But beer from urine, yeah, now you're talking. Now let's party, okay? You and me, forget about it. They like to call it from sewer to brewer. The water from the process is completely safe to drink. I mean, <laughs> my gosh. Why are you thinking like that? We've already tested at a music festival. Oh, a music festival. Nothing can go, I mean, everybody's fine at music festivals, right? Right. Now they want to install their urine purification device in shopping malls, sporting arenas, airports, and the ultimate goal is to bring clean water to rural areas and developing countries. Uh huh. That's their ultimate goal. The other goal would be, hey, I'm going to install this in the mall and get free urine, and then we can make our beer. Yeah. Sewer to brewer. Yeah. Urine beer. Yeah. Now we're talking a party. Man, this beer tastes different. What kind of beer is it? It's from Belgium. You know, Belgium beer. When you say Belgian beer, many people think one thing, I think another. Belgian beer, sewer to brewer, clean water for you. Ugh. Ugh.
0: This no is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.
3: Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. Thank you so much for coming along for the ride today. You can go to liarsandliberty.com and check out the Mercury Museum going on here in Irving, Texas right now as we speak. Uh, I think the doors are opening. I didn't go out there this break because I was looking through some things to, I want to go through some stories, some little known stories in honor of the Mercury Museum. Uh, One of the things that we don't have here at the museum that I would like to actually have, um, a photograph was found in a parking lot of a convenience store. Uh, The people pictured have never been found. They think it might be a 19-year-old girl who was kidnapped from her home in New Mexico and a boy who was kidnapped from the same area. It was found in Florida, although it's never been determined how the photo got there. And those two people in the photo are still considered missing, and they are tied and bound in the photograph. I mean it is freaky. So we don't have that here though. We've got some dark stuff, we've got some Nazi stuff, we've got some other Hitler, we've got some other history there, but we do not have that photograph here at this time. Which is, you know, a little surprising. Just a tad. You know, they didn't ask me what to bring, so I didn't. Slaves in Galveston, Texas. This is American Historical Facts. Now, the title of the story is Freaky American Historical Facts, but some of these aren't really freaky. They're just weird. Because of the length of time it took information to travel back in the 1860s, There were slaves in Galveston who didn't find out about the 1863 Emancipation Proclamation until 1865. They found out on June 19th, which is now celebrated by black Americans as Juneteenth, a celebration of the end of slavery. Six people killed in 1945 by a Japanese bomb sent over by a balloon. The only American civilians killed in the continental United States during World War II were a woman in Oregon and five children who found a Japanese balloon in the woods. They didn't realize it was a bomb. It went off and killed all six. Bastards. I mean, that's freaky. These in honor of the Mercury Museum here in Irving, Texas today. In 1842, Germany tried to establish a colony in Texas, an organization Known as Adelsverein, which means nobility and society, tried to make a new Germany in Texas by buying 4,428 acres of land and settling German citizens there. The plan uh -uh, failed after about 10 years due to debt. Uh, They had no money. Uh, Good luck. God bless. Darn the luck. It didn't happen. President Millard Fillmore met his first wife. Abigail Powers, when she was his teacher, he was 19, she was 21. They married about seven years later. Millard Fillmore, a little hot for teacher. I mean, that's freaky. Can I tell you? It's freaky. The Democratic Party's donkey symbol was adopted because someone called Andrew Jackson a jackass. (laughs) I mean, that's freaky, right? America's first serial killer, H.H. Holmes, serial killer who lived during the time of Chicago's World Fair in 1893, operated a hotel that included rooms with secret gas lines so he could kill whoever was staying in them, and a room that was completely sealed except for a trap door in the ceiling where he would starve people. This guy, H.H. H. Holmes, was a big-time freak. If you haven't heard of him before, look it up because this guy, his story is weird. The v- I mean, freaky, because these are freaky American historical facts that we're doing in honor of the Mercury Museum here in Irving, Texas. Venus flytraps are native only to North Carolina and South Carolina. The Venus flytrap cannot be found anywhere. Anywhere else in the world. That's freaky. The turtle was invented by David Bushnell. The turtle, what was the turtle? The first submarine attack that ever happened in America in 1776. It was a one-person submersible vehicle that would allow the occupant to attach a powder keg to a British ship in New York Harbor. Think about it. I mean, that's freaky. Americans in the Victorian area took photos of their dead loved ones after... photography was expensive when it was first invented, so instead of 1,000 selfies, most people only had one photo of themselves. So when a loved one died and you wanted to remember what they looked like, you might take a photo of their corpse posed like they were still alive. So the pictures, the old pictures of you see are the old people sitting in a chair, and, they, and you say to yourself, "Wow, they do not look good." Ah, uh, they were dead. That's freaky. <laughs> in 1950, a church in Nebraska exploded during choir practice. The West Side Baptist Church in Beatrice, Nebraska exploded at 7:25 p.m. on March 1st, 1950. Normally, choir practice started at 7:20, but all 15 members of the choir were running late. So the church was empty. Ah, some would say God was on their side. I mean, that's freaky. Freaky American historical facts. Women drank beaver testicle potion as birth control. I'm guessing it worked. It's basically tea. Except instead of plants, beaver testicles were the things being steeped. Boy, does that sound good, huh? Makes that cockroach milk sound that much better. I mean, that's freaky. That's what that is. Victorians made memorial jewelry out of parts of their dead loved ones. Oh, remember their lost family and friends from Victorians had jewelry made out of parts of their loved one's bodies, including teeth, hair, and bone. Uh, yeah, great. I mean, this—that's my grandpa's tooth. Mm, there's a piece of bone from my great 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 grandfather's left leg. That's freaky. Uh, you probably know this one. Uh, listening to the Blaze Radio Network, that John Adams and Thomas Jefferson died on the same day. What day was it? Uh, that's correct. July 4th. July 4th, 1776. Not exactly 50 years later, in 1826. President Warren G. Harding wrote highly graphic, erotic letters to his mistress, Carrie Phillips. Did you know that? It would be nice to have those. We don't have those letters here at the Mercury Museum today. We don't have the Warren G. Harding... Erotic letters here at the Mercury Museum today. Maybe next time. President Lyndon B. Johnson once pulled out his penis during an interview. He's not a douche. Let him tell you why. Just know that he did. It's agonizing. I mean, that's freaky. In 1918, one of the worst train wrecks in U.S. history involved a circus train. A train engineer fell asleep at the wheel and drove into the back of another train. Happened to be a circus train. Eighty-six people died. Wow. The strongman act, a trapeze artist. Wow. Down a couple of acts at the next event. I mean, that's freaky. Freaky facts in honor of the Mercury Museum today. Uh, A guy wrote a book about a ship called the Titan. Crashing into an iceberg 14 years before the Titanic. (sighs) What? Morgan Robertson's 1898 book tells the story of a British ship called the Titan, which was deemed to be unsinkable, that hit an iceberg and sank. Wow. Killing many of the passengers because there weren't enough lifeboats in 1912, that's unbelievable. We should actually have that book here at the Mercury Museum, and we don't. That book should be here. I joke around about the erotic letters from Warren G. Harding, which, you know, whatever. I mean, I, I, I'd read through them. But we should definitely we should have that. And we don't, because that's freaky. We don't have freaky stuff. Dentures used to be made of teeth of dead soldiers. Man, does that make me like Dennis even better. The corpse's teeth would be removed, then placed in artificial gums for use by living people. Civil War soldiers' teeth were frequently used in this way. Yay! I mean, that's freaky. Freaky is what that is. The man who tried to save President Lincoln from being assassinated later killed his wife and himself. I don't know why that's freaky, but it just is. Just weird trivia. Union Army Major Henry Rathbone and his wife Clara were the other two people in the box with Lincoln and his wife the day the Lincoln was assassinated. Rathbone actually tried to stop John Wilkes Booth and got stabbed in the process and also went a little crazy. So crazy, in fact, that he killed his wife 18 years later. Oh, maybe that's why. Because he couldn't stop him. Because he was a wuss. John Wilkes kicked his butt. I mean, that's freaky. James Smithsonian... No, James Smithson, the founder of the Smithsonian Institution, is buried at the Smithsonian. Employees have said they've seen Smithson ghost wandering the halls of the famed Washington, D.C. Museum. To the point where in 1973, the Institute did a study of the Smithson's casket and remains to make sure everything was okay. But the ghost really doesn't have anything to do with the casket thing I don't know if you know that Smithsonian I mean that's weird 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 freaky freaky these are freaky stories freaky American historical facts that you can use Liberty Island used to be a haven for pirates and might be haunted of what more ghosts in 1892 two soldiers stationed at the fort that used to occupy Liberty Island tried to dig up some treasure they'd heard was buried nearby When they got to the box, a demon appeared to them, most likely the spirit of Captain Kidd, a pirate who liked to bury his treasure there. (laughs) That's freaky, is what that is. That is freaky. We're doing these freaky stories in honor of the Mercury Museum today here in Irving, Texas. At the Mercury Studios, parents who gave up their children often gave them a token so they could identify them later. In the 17th and 18th century. Boy, you know, hearing these stories makes me want to be so, boy, do I wish I was born in the 17th and 18th. Oh, man, do I wish I was part of the 17th and 18th century. Many parents who were too poor to care for their children left them at the hospital to be raised in work homes. They're not calling them slaves. They're work homes. That's good. They sometimes gave their kids a little token like a button or a locket so they would know them later in life or in death. That's great. Carry this button with you at all times. When you're working for the king and making castles and doing whatever the hell he tells you to do, look at the button and remember, I left you there. Yeah, that's great. The Declaration of Independence was written on hemp paper. The official copy of the Declaration, and still survives today, was written on parchment, which is treated animal skin. But a couple of drafts of the Declaration were written on hemp. In fact, up to 90% of all paper made before 1883 was made of hemp. We don't have any of the hemp uh, Declaration of Independence here at the Old Mercury Museum today. We don't have that one. I haven't seen the hemp Declaration of Independence here at uh, the Mercury Museum. The last time the Liberty Bell was rung was on George Washington's birthday in 1846. <laughs> <laughs> George had been dead for almost 50 years, but that's the last time that it was rung. Did you know this? Approximately 35 million Americans share DNA with at least one person who was on the Mayflower. I mean... That's freaky.
2: This is the Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. This era.
3: That it is. In honor of uh, the Mercury Museum today in uh, Dallas, Texas, Irving, Texas, here at the Mercury Studios, I'm doing some, uh, well, it's called freaky American historical facts, and some of them are freaky, and some of them aren't so freaky, but I want to get through these because some of them are actually, some of them are uh, fascinating Uh, John Quincy Adams went for a skinny dip in the morning. He liked to take a quick and nude skinny dip in the morning. John Quincy Adams, nice of him. In 1784, some citizens of North Carolina voted to secede from the state, naming their new state Franklin in honor of the good old man. Sadly for the Franklinites, Congress couldn't let Franklin join the union. It continued as an independent republic for a few years, but eventually got absorbed into Tennessee. In, 17, in 1974, 1974, Sarasota, Florida, a reporter, Christine Chubbuck, took out a revolver and killed herself on live television. Wow. In keeping with Channel 40's policy of bringing you the latest in blood and guts and in living color, you are going to see another first attempted suicide that shot herself behind her right ear. Wow. We do not have that gun here either at the Mercury Studios. A few women disguised themselves as men to fight in the Revolutionary War. Uh, One such notable woman, Deborah Sampson of Sharon, Massachusetts, who served 17 months in the Army and at one point removed a musket ball from her own thigh so that she would not be discovered to be a woman. That's a tough lady. And that's freaky. Right? Right? Right. Journalist Ida B. Wells once bit a railroad conductor on the hand. In 1884, a conductor was attempting to force Wells to give up her train seat to a white man. She refused. She later sued the railroad company and won. Good for her. Good for her. I gotta, it's a clock here. i got to start editing through some of these. Uh, Johns Hopkins wouldn't admit Al Capone to their hospital at the end of his life because of his criminal past. That's freaky. The gangster was extremely ill with syphilis. The famed medical center said that no. uh, No, uh, you know what, uh, Al? No. So he got cared for at the Union Memorial Hospital, which he then donated two Japanese weeping cherry trees in gratitude. Isn't that special? (laughs) Those are our weeping cherry trees from Al Capone. When she was 19 years old, the future first lady shocked everyone in polite society by posing for an ad on the arm of a man who wasn't even a relative. Her family immediately sent her to Europe as punishment. Julia Gardner Tyler, President John Tyler's wife, was a scandal posed for an advertisement for a department store. Now the FTC must have been looking into her. Frances Folsom Cleveland, wife of President Grover Cleveland, 27 years younger than her husband. I'm getting to like Grover a little bit more. Amelia Earhart slept in her pilot's jacket for three nights to make it look weathered. Now, we do have one of Amelia Earhart's jackets here at the the museum here today. I just looked at it a little bit ago. Uh, Harriet Tubman, actually a spy for the Army before she was a figure in the Underground Railroad. She was actually the first woman, black or white, to lead an armed expedition in the Civil War. Lone Ranger may have been inspired by a real-life black U.S. marshal, huh? And then, uh, of course, uh, the young Hugh Hefner. Playboy bunnies are named after Hugh's favorite college bar, campus bar called Bunny's Tavern. Bunny's Tavern, and Hugh Hefner's place is still kind of up for sale. They're up for trying, still trying to make a deal for the Playboy Mansion. I'm still good. I'm still good. The billionaire businessman who's trying to buy it is kind of uh, saying, "Hey, it's still a deal." But I there's not nothing has been signed in ink yet. I could still get the mansion. <laughs> yeah, boy, do I want that thing! The Jeff
0: Fisher Show, The Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher
3: show. Welcome to it. 888-900-3393 is the phone number. If you wish to participate in the broadcast, however, you don't have to. And you could, uh, you could tweet me at, at Jeffy MRA. Uh, you can Facebook me at, uh, Jeff Fisher radio, or you can Instagram me at Jeffy MRA. So I've kind of been uh, back on a uh, kick of, uh, trying to, uh, You know, I'm trying to lose some weight. Hey, don't look at me like that. So, I, I lost. You know, I don't know. I don't have. I don't have the timeline in front of me. But it was four or five years, uh, and then uh, what it's been, it's been? about four years. So three and a half years, something like that. I lost well over a hundred pounds, and then you know, you slowly get back on it, and you, you know, the lifestyle change becomes not so much of a lifestyle change. Stop looking at me like that. You know what I'm talking about. And, you know, the next thing you know, you've uh, you've packed down a few more pounds. Now, I'm not even close to where I was. But it's time to stop. It's time to stop. So I have. And, you know, I'm creeping my way back down a little bit. However, then I see this story that makes me think, why? Why bother Applebee's, build your sampler. Calories, 3,390 calories. Cheeseburger egg rolls. brew pub pretzels and beer cheese. Chicken, boneless wings and classic buffalo sauce. They're adding the blue cheese dressing and the cheese dip and the quesadilla and the spinach and artichoke dip. Nine hundred—that's almost a thousand calories. I will say, applebee's spinach and artichoke dip is pretty darn good. That saturated fat is sixty-five grams, and sodium is eleven thousand six hundred fifty milligrams. You know, everybody looks at me crazy. But one of the big things uh, in doing simple to lose and simpletolose.com dot was that I—you realize how much salt is in everything. It is unbelievable. Um, ice cream. Pizza, just salt is um, unbelievable in these these foods. And look at that, 11,650 milligrams of sodium in that one meal. Wow. Maggiano's, Marco's meal for two. Now they're saying, hey, this is for two. But they're saying 2,830 calories per person. Mozzarella Mariana, 1,500 calories. Taylor Street baked ziti with Italian sausage. 1,400 calories. Fettuccine Alfredo, 15, almost 1,600 calories. Warm apple castrata, 1,150 calories. This only has 77 grams of saturated fat and only 6,400 milligrams of sodium. And I got to tell you, that sounds good. Are you telling me you wouldn't want the mozzarella marinara and the Taylor Streak baked ziti with Italian sausage and the fettuccine alfredo and the warm asto, apple castrata from Magiano's. Oh, my gosh. Yes, please. Uh, what? 2,000? I don't care. I don't want to know. I don't want to know. Just bring me the food. Cheesecake. You can quote me on that. Cheesecake Factory. Fried chicken and waffles Benedict. Eh, this got, This is 2,580 calories. It's got 86 grams of saturated fat and 3,390 milligrams of sodium. Belgium waffle topped with crispy fried chicken strips, poached eggs, and hollandaise. Yeah, I don't know why people like that. Sounds pretty tasty. No, it doesn't. It sounds good without the hollandaise. Oh, and it also comes with the side of potatoes. Yay. No, oh, I can't do that. Cannot do the Belgian, that hollandaise stuff. Oof. Dave and Buster's Short Rib and Cheesy Mac Stack. Ooh, okay. Now this is 1,900 calories, uh, 1,910 calories, 42 grams of saturated fat, and 3,390 milligrams of sodium. Short rib meat on thick slices of sourdough with a gooey slathering of mac and cheese. Don't forget this crispy seasoned tots. On the side, three big, uh, that sounds pretty darn good. It looks good, too. looks really good. The Sonic Grape Slush with Rainbow Candy, no. Uh, That's got 970 calories. Eh, you're good with that. Romano's Macaroni and Grill, cremini Pork Shank, 1,800 calories. 43 grams of saturated fat. Three thousand seven hundred milligrams of sodium. Uh, braised pork shank, marsala wine sauce, caramelized onions, mushrooms, roasted Parmesan potatoes. Mm. Uno Pizzeria and Grill, whole hog burger. Two thousand eight hundred and fifty calories, sixty-two grams of saturated fat, nine thousand seven hundred and ninety milligrams of sodium. A full pound of meat, ground beef, sausage, bacon, prosciutto, pepperoni, four types of cheese, garlic, mayo, pickles, fries, and onion rings. Oof. Jersey Mike's Chipotle cheese steak. It's got eighteen eighteen fifty 1850 in calories, 30 grams of fat, a little over 4,000, 4,300 gram, milligrams of sodium. Grilled steak, melted white American cheese, peppers and onions. Ah, oh, it's not bad. Drizzled in the spicy chipotle mayo. Ah. Buffalo Wild Wings dessert nachos. Twenty-one hundred calories. Sixty-four grams of saturated fat. Doesn't say anything about sodium on the Buffalo Wild Wings from uh nacho dessert. Nice. Crispy flour tortilla sprinkled with cinnamon and sugar loaded with ice cream in our gooey breaded cheesesteak bites. Topped with chocolate and caramel sauce. Oh, my gosh. Why did I not have this the last time I was at Buffalo Wild Wings? Why, I ask you? Because I think you did, Jeff. Oh, okay, never mind. Polish Oh, my gosh. This sounds so good right now. Crispy flour tortilla sprinkled with cinnamon and sugar loaded with ice cream and our gooey breaded cheesecake bites all topped with chocolate and caramel sauce. Oh, my gosh, does that sound good. And that's only 2,100 calories and only 64 grams of saturated fat. Stop it. I mean, I know that, you know, you're supposed to watch what you eat, and I'm watching it. I'll watch it. So good. Tell me that some of that stuff doesn't sound good. Tell me. Tell me it doesn't sound good. And then you get through that, and I think to myself, Well, you know, after all that, and I think, you know, I've got to lose some weight and I'm starting to you know I've got to do this and and it's I'm thinking, Okay, well that's good. No problem. I've got to lose some weight. I'm good. I'm feeling good. It's been like five days. I've i been strong. Today is Saturday, right? So we're looking at six days. Six days of of, of goodness. Being strong starting to lose weight and then I see this story on the on the on the interwebs and I think oh no oh no I might have I think I have this sickness you know how you read stuff on the internet on the interwebs about illnesses and you think oh my gosh I have that <laughs> yes that's exactly the way I feel about this malnutrition number one is weakness. General weakness and increased feelings of fatigue. <laughs> Anemia. Constant supply of new blood to sustain life. Anemia is a condition in which the body's ability to produce red blood cells is impaired. Maybe. <laughs> uh, infection since malnutrition takes a toll on every bodily function. Can result in greater susceptibility to infection. Yes. Mood changes. Yes. Delayed healing, yes. Skin and hair, excessive dryness of both skin and hair may occur as a result of malnutrition. The body is incredibly to prioritize how it will make use of the dwindling nutritional stores. And what nutrition the body has to use will be diverted away from non-essential functions and keep both skin and hair healthy. See? Uh, what about uh, unpredictable elimination? And then there's always Depression. Uh, mood chain, lack of proper nutrients. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's possible. It's possible that I have, you know, I could, I, the signs, with these signs, is possible that I, I have malnutrition. But how can you get, hold on, what did I do with that? How could you get malnutrition? If you were to sit down and you were to go to Buffalo Wild Wings, which might happen <laughs> sooner than you think, and order... The Dessert Nachos. Crispy flour tortilla sprinkled with cinnamon and sugar, loaded with ice cream and our gooey breaded cheesesteak bites, all topped with chocolate and caramel sauce. Why? Why are those not sitting in front of me right now?
0: Here we go. This is The Jeff Fisher Show on the Blaze Radio Network. Jeff Fisher Show returns on the Blaze Radio
3: Network. That it does on the Blaze Radio Network. You can always follow me on Twitter at JeffyMRA, Facebook Jeff Fisher Radio, and Instagram at JeffyMRA. Chris Salcedo standing by at the helm, ready to take over the broadcast in about 15 minutes from right now. Then Mike Slater, then Joe Pags, all your Saturday on the Blaze Radio Network. You can go to uh, Liberty or Liars, right? Liars or Liberty. Liberty a liar. What the heck is that website? I'll let me check it out for you real quick uh, to find out about the Mercury Museum, which is going on today and tomorrow. LiarsOrLiberty.com. Liars or LiarsOrLiberty.com. Um, I'll tweet that out, but uh, get here if you can. Schedules are there. You can see the museum. It is absolutely amazing. The stuff that we have in this museum, um, I've for, I don't know how much money they have in these things. I mean, there's millions of dollars worth of stuff here, and some of it is just—I I don't know any other word to say than amazing or unbelievably. Because you see something. I was standing there this morning, and I'm looking at—I'm looking at you know uh, the Mayflower Bible, and then you'd see the hat, and these are all you know, this is all original. And then you go down and you see the deed for. Uh, you know, from George Washington. And there's and every time you go, say, wow, you think, wow, that is so cool. I haven't seen And then you go to the next one, and there's something else really cool. And you keep going, you oh, that's really know something else. And have we seen it? Oh, this is something else. So if you have an opportunity to get here, if not, look for a, you know, we'll try to put together something, uh, some sort of, uh, oh, I don't know, maybe a picture book. Hmm. Never know. Something like uh you, and that, look, they're filming everything out there. So there could be a definitely a virtual tour. Don't kid yourself. And Glenn wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see Glenn do a Facebook live of everything. Uh I know you interviewed the 101-year-old guy that was here yesterday. He's coming back tonight uh for the dinner. Uh he was amazing at 101. Uh he's leaving for Japan in a couple of days. Uh, he's, he's, he invited us all to the, uh, to uh, one of his places that he lives at. And I, I, I told, you know, I'm like, there's no way I'm looking at this guy. There's no, way. I'm not even a hundred and one. That's funny. Funny is what that is at a hundred and one. So how do you feel about nudist beaches? Do you ever think to yourself, you know, maybe not. Well, more than a third of British men said they would consider sunbathing naked on the beach. So nudist beaches are not a joke anymore. Naked, friendly holiday searches are up 50 cents. 50 percent. I'm sorry, 50. So they're up 50 cents. It costs you 50 cents more to go to the nudist beach. They're up 50 percent this year. Think of that. Think of that. Reportedly getting an all-over tan is the most popular reason to bear all on the beach. 42% of the vote. 21% do it to reconnect with nature. Uh-huh. Andrew Welch, a British naturism, the UK's organization of naturists, said, We know that people are far more willing to try social nudity, and so it's great to have confirmation that more and more of us are letting go of any hang-ups and are feeling comfortable in the skin we're in. For those visiting Nature's Nudist Beach for the first time, the best advice is to relax. Enjoy the sensation of the sun, breeze, and sea on your whole body. And realize that no one is worried about how you look. Except for you. That was me, not him. Britons appear to be the most adventurous when they're younger, with 52% of the 18- to 24-year-olds saying they would consider a nudist holiday. Well, yeah. Come on now. You're 18- to 24-years-old. Want to go someplace where you can be nude? Yeah. Why, well, the over 55s aren't far behind with a whopping 38% agreeing Because by the time you hit over 55, you're like, eh, this is what you get. But there is this for you from at fact on Twitter. People see you as 20% more attractive than you think you are. So there's that. People see you as 20% more attractive than you think you are. Huh? I mean, there's that. So when I tell you that you look good today, (laughs) 20% of that is absolutely true. Absolutely true. I don't know
0: that that helps anymore. This is the Jeff Fisher Show, only on the Blaze Radio Network.